Welcome back to the Psychedelic Spotlight Podcast. I am your host, David Flores, CEO of Global Track Solutions and Psychedelic Spotlight, the most trusted and reliable source for news, information, and original perspective surrounding the emerging sector of medicinal psychedelics. Today's episode is being presented to you by our good friends at Everyday Dose, makers of the Mushroom Latte, an effective and tasty alternative to stimulants and highly caffeinated drinks. With less caffeine than matcha, Everyday Dose combines mushrooms, collagen, and nootropics to create a truly unique beverage experience that promotes mental clarity, better sleep, brighter skin, all while reducing stress and anxiety. Try your very own dose risk-free for 30 days by visiting everydaydose.com. In today's episode of the Psychedelic Spotlight Podcast, we spotlight Dimensions Health Centers, who are creating a new paradigm for hospitality by helping people to improve and transform their lives by drawing on the restorative power of nature, spa rituals, delicious food, and psilocybin-inspired ceremonies in safe, legal, and luxurious settings. I have the privilege of speaking with co-founder and CEO Christopher Dawson, along with co-founder and COO Andrew Galloway. My conversation begins with me asking Chris to share a few details with us about Dimensions and how the company plans to incorporate psychedelic-assisted healing into the business model for their one-of-a-kind retreats. Gentlemen, it is a pleasure to have you both here with me. How are you doing today? Great. Pleasure to be here, David. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're very, very excited uh, to be able to have the opportunity here to introduce Dimensions Health Centers uh, to our audience here at Psychedelic Spotlight. So I guess to kick things off, um, perhaps, uh, Chris, if you want to you know, start off by providing us with an overview here of um, Dimensions Health Centers, how it came to be, the mission behind it, and certainly how things are going as you ramp up here for the launch this fall. Sure, it'd be my pleasure. Thanks, David. Uh, so your, your synopsis is, is actually quite a good place to start. You know, we, we think of ourselves as being in the self-betterment business or the self-improvement business. We just happen to do it through psychedelic and psychedelic-inspired uh, uh, healing. Um, where we're coming from, though, and what I think makes us a little bit different is that it's we're as excited about the reemergence of plant medicine or the reemergence of psychedelics as we are about advancements in neuroscience and neurobiology and the linkages that are coming from those two, uh, from those two streams. Uh, I used to run the largest addiction and mental health treatment organization in Canada. And uh, there was, and, and Andrew and I worked together there as well. And uh, there was a time when the two of us were sitting chatting, perhaps not as pleased with the kind of outcome numbers as we were getting as an organization as we should have been. Uh, and a little bit frustrated with traditional methods and traditional notions around recovery. And uh, I happened to, in a very uncharacteristic way, attend a two-day conference down in Peru. I needed to get a week away. And I thought, you know, and and in a less premeditated way than you'd think, I decided to go to Peru. Um, But I attended a conference that was quite literally 50, attended 50% by neuroscientists and neurobiologists. 50% by traditional healers and shaman. And it was a, you know, eye-opening experience for me, mind-blowing experience, if you want to want to use that term, about the real connections that exist between these two kind of, you know, traditional healing stream that's been around for thousands of years. And what really we've only started to figure out through neuroscience over the past uh, decade or two. 
Um, and that came back. And, and when I came back from that, I was, uh, you know, the idea of working where I used to work just seemed inadequate. And Andrew and I got to speaking and Andrew, it turns out that Andrew revealed to me that his, his experience around this was a more personal one. Uh, and uh, fast forward a number of years, we, we both left that organization. And a few years ago, we started to work on uh, an idea that would allow us to kind of pursue our passion. And we were originally working with some partners down in Mexico and so on and so forth. And it is possible even in the psychedelic world to still be ahead of our time because this was back in 2018 and 2019. And then when we were into the fundraising mode, guess what? It was the beginning of COVID. So nobody wanted to talk to us. Uh, but as the year went by and the uh, excitement around psychedelics kind of reemerged, uh, we were able to pull things together, repurpose our approach a little bit. And uh, here we are today. Yeah, and, and for me, it, it, the, the road was a little different. As, as Chris mentioned, mine was more on a personal level. Uh, just being open and honest, I'm a recovering addict uh, of 20 years. And, and in my first 10, 11 years of recovery or sobriety, I didn't drink or I didn't use drugs and, and you know, was doing all the things I was supposed to do. But I wasn't healed. I had suffered some trauma as a child, you know, death of a friend, some some stuff with the teachers, read between the lines and, and uh, broke my back as a teenager and stuff. And, and you know, so I had quite a bit of trauma that I had, that I had gone through as a young person. And uh, obviously from that developed a, a, a pretty serious drug addiction. And then when I got sober and stuff, I, I just never felt whole complete. And then I, through a friend, was introduced to plant medicine, specifically ayahuasca, and uh, traveled to uh, Yalapa, Mexico, uh, lived in the jungle in Ecuador with a... Uh, the Sequoia tribe, and, and and all of a sudden I felt a change in me. And a lot of that trauma, all of a sudden I had a different perception on what had happened and, and a different outlook on life and a different view of myself and the world and, and really had a transformational experience. And, you know, then I come back to our traditional treatment model and where we worked, at, Chris and I worked together, and, and I just recognized that there was a different way to do things. It just we something needed to change in the system, and and I had kept it pretty quiet what I was doing because I was working in a addiction facility and Mister Recovery, and you know, and here I am doing psychedelics and to heal myself. And, and but once Chris opened up about what he was doing, it then I opened up, and the next thing we we knew, we were sitting down and trying to figure out how can we bring this to Canada and and how can we help you know the people that we wanted to help originally through plant medicine and and retreat centers. And I, I think how it, I think how it, how it finally started to crystallize, David, and come together is that, like the in the case of cannabis, Canada is, um, you know, showing signs. The federal government are showing signs that psilocybin, in particular, uh, may be something that is on a path towards decriminalization or legalization, maybe primarily for therapeutic purposes versus recreational purposes, but. That allowed us to then anchor what we were doing first in Ontario. So our first centre will be in uh, about two hours north of Toronto. Um, but we're already making plans to expand into the Caribbean and into Central America. So, uh, you know, in every case, we will respect the laws of the jurisdiction within which we are. Uh, so we may we, we will very likely open uh, in Ontario 
Uh, and if we're using psilocybin at all, it will be on an exemption basis or through a special access program that would be um, kind of sponsored through Health Canada. But um, but we would we'll, we'll open nevertheless, and we're hoping to within a couple of years perhaps have as many as three centers going, and then more beyond that. Very, very good. And, and Andrew, you know, you mentioned earlier um, the need to do things differently. And I want to kind of circle back to that because I feel like that sentiment really is at the core of this psychedelic renaissance, if you will, that we are kind of in the midst of right now in understanding that there is a different way to approach some very serious um, challenges and conditions that society has been faced with for several years, addiction being one of those. So, you know, given the fact that addiction and recovery centers, you know, have been around for decades now, I'm curious to dive a little deeper here into how specifically Dimensions Health Centers will be different. Obviously, the incorporation, the use of of certain psychedelics um, is going to be critical to that. But if you could elaborate a little bit more on sort of the setting, the experience, and how you guys are creating something, perhaps unlike anything else. Yeah, you know, you, you touched on an important word, <clears throat> setting. You know, if I if I look back on, you know, my own personal experiences and you think of, um, you know, environment playing such a role in what happens to us, whether that's trauma, you know, divorced families, whatever it may be, you know, well, that environment was really important to get sick or unwell. The environment's very important to heal. You know, I believe that it's really important to be doing this in a natural setting, in nature. You know, in the, well, in Ontario, it'll be in the woods. In Costa Rica, it would be on a beach or a mountaintop. But, you know, that setting is so key. You know, I, I, I think taking your shoes off and connecting with grass, you know, in the forest is so important. But, you know, if we look at our program, you know, it actually will start before you even arrive. You know, there'll be a full assessment process. Not everyone is suited for psychedelics, obviously certain medications and disorders, you know, eliminate that certain people. But so there'll be a full assessment. We'll even start some groups and individual therapy prior to arrival. And, and that's sort of getting you ready for the preparation stage. And when you arrive at the, the center, you'll be doing alternative therapies, everything from yoga, breath work, Reiki, massage therapy, uh, craniosacral therapy, and you'll have choice. Like not everyone's going to be into doing yoga at seven o'clock in the morning. Well, maybe then you'll go do breath work. So we're really creating an environment where each guest is going to be able to have a choice of the type of individual therapies they'd like to do in preparation for the ceremony. And then obviously the ceremony is done in a fairly traditional way. And then afterward, it's about really how do we integrate that experience that we had during ceremony prior uh, into our daily lives. And I think that's a really important point. And, you know, I've done like countless retreats to the Caribbean or, or South America. And there really was not a lot about that. I mean, you went on a certain diet. <laughs> you may talk to the uh, shaman or an ayahuasca prior to, but other than that, there wasn't a lot of preparation going in. Yes, you try and set an intention. And then afterwards, there wasn't a lot of dialogue or, wow, what did I just experience? How do I take that and, and make sense of it all and, and apply it to my life? And so that's an integral part of what we're going to be doing at Dimension. So, you know, after ceremony, how do we integrate what we learned? And then sort of a continuing care, aftercare uh, program afterwards to to keep people sort of connected to that idea. And what I'd love to see people do is actually, as we you know, open different centers around the world, is actually sort of sign up for, I'm going to Maple Lake in September, I'm going to Jamaica in January, I'm going to Costa Rica in March, you know, where they're going all around and having different experiences in different environments, and they're building on what they've learned in each case. 
Yeah, I think David, the, 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 the idea of doing this in nature is integral to our approach. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is uh, the idea of a retreat has been around for hundreds of years, you know, go back to sort of the sanctuary model uh, that I think we all associate with the UK, uh, the psychiatric sanctuary model from, you know, the 1800s. Um, there was this notion of kind of getting out, out into the countryside, getting out uh, uh, and being in nature. Um, I sometimes think that maybe their idea was really to just kind of get people segregated out of the rest of the population. Um, but the idea of being in nature is is so important to what we're doing because if you think about approaches to mental wellness or to people with substance abuse issues, the 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 approaches which which have a lot of merit in many cases. I mean, Andrew and I worked in this world for quite some time, so it's not like we've thrown everything out the door. Um, but it's a very left brain kind of exercise. They're trying to. It's a very sort of cognitive, big part of the brain approach to dealing with these kinds of issues. And what what the neuroscience is telling us is that uh, take addiction for example, it's it's a right brain phenomenon in the sense that you're you're triggered in a way that no matter how much CBT you've done, no matter how long you've been sober, once that triggering mechanism takes place, you're going to fall back into those old behavioral patterns. And, uh, and, and, and part of that is recognizing and understanding what the triggering mechanism is. So while we're immersing people in nature, we're as invested in creating a safe environment for them as well. So, you know, I dare say that the treatment centers that Andrew and I used to run probably triggered people, even though we weren't intending them to. That kind of clinical ambiance, that kind of, kind of clinical setting. Even going into a, a therapist's office, you know, there's kind of a low drone from uh, air conditioners, especially in this right now. Um, but also, you know, gray walls. And, 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 and what we're trying to do is create uh, an environment where safety is primary to try and minimize triggering mechanisms and to get that sense of being away from the hustle and bustle of the daily grind and connecting with nature. But, but that connection goes beyond that, where our, our process is really focused on a group setting, a, a developing a sense of community. Uh, you'll be there with a dozen people. You may be there with more, more than that, but, but, but you'll be organized into groups of about 12. And, and it's that community that comes in that natural setting with that underlying um, kind of guarantee of safety that we think is as important as anything else in what our resort retreats will look like versus any traditional model you've seen. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think a couple of key elements that really stand out there for me are community and environment. I feel like those are, those are so important in what are oftentimes lacking in existing, you know, treatment centers and why they just don't work for certain people out there. So I think you guys are on the right path here. It seems like a lot of planning and thought and care has gone into how you are going to design this. So um, I, I commend you for it. And I, uh, Chris, maybe you can, um, uh, maybe you can touch on this a little bit more here, but so the first center is going to be in Ontario, correct? That's right. And are there plans to expand across Canada and perhaps um, even further into North America and the United States, or is that sort of just a wait and see kind of thing? Yeah, I think the answer is yes, broadly defined. Um, we do have another uh, location in 
uh, in Ontario that we've identified that is in the planning stages, but that, that would take a number of years to come to fruition. Um, I think British Columbia is another province that I think we were very interested in getting to sooner rather than later. Um, but I think our next step will likely be, as I mentioned earlier, into the Caribbean or into Central America. Now, part of the reason for that is these are jurisdictions where um, the use of psychedelics or the use of psilocybin, uh, you know, they're, they're either very legal, uh, Andrew, Andrew uh, pointed out Jamaica, they're either uh, completely legal or the restrictions are very limited, similarly in, in parts of Central America. Uh, I think I think Andrew and I view, um, you know, part of the vision here is to bring psychedelics, bring plant medicine to a wider audience. So we we do want to grow. We do want to get this to a wider audience, um, and uh, and so doing that means you got to get to America. Um, but America is, of course, a very unique country in its approach to controlled substances and so on. Oregon. I think everybody now knows is kind of on the leading edge of relaxing that a little bit, but I think our read of it is that it's still several years away before yeah, that yeah. seems to manifest. So I, I think, you know, if you, if you put our business hats on for a moment, you know, is there, is there a real reward to getting into America? Of course there is, but I think we're cautious and the idea of being North of America and South of America, uh, you know, we're kind of surrounded and that'll be the natural next step. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I want to touch on uh, some some news that came out uh, recently here uh, from the company. Uh, the company did recently announce that it will provide funding to the Faculty of Health Sciences at Queen's University to help launch a collaborative space for research and innovation in the field of psychedelics. So I'm hoping, um, you know, uh, if you could elaborate a little bit more on the significance uh, behind this, what it means sort of to the ongoing objectives here for the company, again, as you uh, continue to ramp up for the launch this fall. Yeah, I think, you know, we're a company that is a kind of, I guess I view us as a unique blend of uh, this traditional healing practice that has been around for thousands of years and a rigorous scientific approach, um, you know, through a, through a neuroscientific or neurobiological lens. Um, either way, though, I think we feel like we should be subject, subjected to uh, rigorous research, just like just like any other organization that's, that's kind of in this space. And um, uh, Queens, uh, we, we have people within our organization who are affiliated with Queens. And through those relationships, we were able to, and Andrew spearheaded this over the past several months, we were able to um, identify, you know, Queens had indicated to us that they wanted to kind of create this collaborative research space. We were, we were attracted to the word collaborative versus, you know, research center or what have you, because it's kind of consistent with our approach. Um, uh, but uh, but we wanted to have a relationship that would sort of hold us up to a higher standard. Uh, we're not we're not just a bunch of hippies in the in in the forest. Hold us up to a higher standard, um, but also allow us to um, have access to research to be to be connected to kind of the latest thinking around around these uh, around some of these issues. So uh, you know even though we're a very early stage company. Um, we decided that it was a very, very good investment for us to be supportive, be, be the initial funder for this collaborative, um, because it was just so important to, to, to where we wanted to get to. 
Yeah, and Andrew, um, you know, do you, do you, I'm sorry, but did you want to add anything um, uh, to the, this yeah, collaboration? Yeah, I think it's important. You know, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't put any restrictions in this agreement or collaboration. We've left it to Queens to decide. But, it, you know, this is really about advancing the, the space of psychedelics more than anything. And, and Dimension's doing their part to contribute to the space to advance, you know, research and studies so that the whole industry grows. It's not really a selfish, please help dimensions. This is really about helping the industry uh, to grow and to make sure that we're doing things properly. You know, and, and, you know, as policy gets developed through Health Canada, we're hoping the collaborator will have some influence there, or at least be able to give guidelines and suggestions. And, and then the, old, the community and the group kind of saying that we do, we hope that they're going to study something very similar to what we're going to do. It's not written down in stone that that's what they'll do, but they're certainly leading towards doing you know, research and the type of stuff that that we are doing uh, on a whole. So we're really excited. We couldn't have partnered with a better place too. I mean, Queens is world renowned and in other areas of research, and we expect the same for for this collaborative. And David Queens is is aspirational about psychedelics in this kind. I mean, Queens I think is is following the path of Johns Hopkins and trying to really establish themselves as a leader in the field. Um, so we felt like. Very, you know, immediately we had a kindred spirit um, there. Um, but also, I think that, uh, you know, we're in, in the overall, you know, there's, there's dozens, if not hundreds of psychedelic companies emerging uh, over the past few years. Most of them are trying to identify that magic molecule. We're a bit contrary to that. We're actually quite passionate about uh, respecting the traditions of. Uh, of, of, of healing from the Southern Hemisphere. And we're not, we actually think the ceremonial aspects, and this was one of the things about that conference that I attended, the neuroscientists were as fascinated by the ceremonial elements as they were by, gee, how is this affecting the brain? And and uh, so, so we're, you know, if 90% of the companies are trying to find that magic molecule, we're talking about honoring the whole plant the tradition, the ceremony, and all of those aspects. Uh, Queens indicated that, th that those are things that would fall under their research realm as well. And so that, that was part of the attraction. Um, to Andrew's point, we had to ensure that it was an independent, you know, we have a relationship but that independence was there, which only benefits us as well. Uh, if, 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 we th if they want to do a little bit of research in conjunction with us, and it's critically important that they are coming from a place of independence, regardless of the underpinnings of the relationship. And I think they'll also help in the aid of development of, of, you know, education for practitioners. You know, one of the things that scares me the most is these practitioners that don't have the training, getting involved in the psychedelic space and actually causing more harm than good. And so I think one of the, their mandates too is to, how are we gonna educate practitioners to use psychedelics properly? Uh, which is an important part. And all our, yeah, all I mean, our therapists or, or practitioners have all studied somewhere, have been trained, whether it's conscious cannabis use and stuff like that. But you know, that, that's gonna be really key for all psychedelic companies that are treated. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it seems you guys have, you know, recognized something I think that is very important. And that is if, if this industry is going to continue to grow and move forward and thrive, you know, there needs to be a foundation set for it and playing a role and a part in helping to build that foundation. It seems like a responsibility that you have taken on here. And I mean, I, I think that's so important. And I'm curious though, you know, um, I know, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we have so many psychedelic companies sprouting up here. Um, the, the industry is continuing to grow at an incredibly fast rate. And with that, you know, what I'm seeing is companies struggling in, in some ways to balance, you know, how do, how do I grow at a pace that's fast enough to, of course, satisfy, you know, stakeholders, shareholders and, and whatnot, but not lose sight of the sanctity of psychedelic healing and these indigenous practices that have been around for centuries. So I'm wondering, I'm curious, you know, perhaps Andrew, maybe you want to start, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? How you grow and expand a company at a pace that of course, you know, satisfies being able to build a profitable company and a successful company, but again, not trampling on, um, again, the sanctity of psychedelic healing. But when, when I think back to when Chris and I worked at the, in the mental health and addiction field at the other company, you know, we always did sort of clinical work in groups of 12, and so uh, we're sort of taking that, that idea into dimensions as well. So you know, at Maple Lake, for instance, we're going to start with just 12 clients. You know, we're not talking about opening a 100 people facility off the bat. So it's just 12 people. Uh, it'll probably be a two to three to one staff ratio when I think about it. And then we'll expand to 24 and then probably max out at 36 in that property. I would, you know, until years down the road i don't think we'd ever get any bigger than a 36 bed facility and we're probably still even at maple lake two year a year 18 months away from being able to handle that size so we're starting off small in every location with the ability to grow there by you know building you know everything's going to be private cabins or private uh, f whatever they're called the tubes and stuff um you know so it's going to be a luxurious accommodation for people um which which is going to be actually really nice because one of the things that I struggled with when I went to Ecuador and all these places, you know, I'm not a young man anymore sleeping on the dirt and knowing there's the snake beside me. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Although I love the experience, you know, I, I need those comforts at home. Um, and then, you know, so in expansion wise, we're not trying to do something so big that it's going to be difficult to manage. You know, we're going to start small, add 12 people at a time, probably max out at 36. We may have a larger facility one day in Cabo because we talked about, we've talked about that in the past, but, um, and all our properties are quite large. Like the property we've acquired in Maple Lake, Maple Lake is, was it 40 acres or 65? Yeah, 40 acres, yeah. 40 acres, you know, it's a large property. Go ahead, Chris, sorry. No. So, I mean, yeah, it sounds like you guys have, you know, the, the roadmap in place in, in terms of how you're going to scale and grow. Uh, do, do you want to add anything to that, Chris? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that I'd like to touch on is that uh, you, you, you made, a, you know, the contrast between the companies that are searching for the magic molecule that, you know, might be burning cash for 10 years before, you know, that's the R&D process with big pharma. Um, because we're respecting the ancient traditions in a retreat setting, the, we have a bit of an advantage in that there's a bit of a demonstrated business model around the retreat setter uh, managing that. Andrew and I had experience in that in a different setting. But uh, it, it means that even starting on a, on, on a small and then kind of growing incrementally the way Andrew described, 
um, it it allows us to we believe start to generate cash in a much quicker in a much quicker way. And to us, it's more important to quickly start to expose people to the plants than it is to identify that magic molecule that comes out 10 years from now. In particular, because I'm not sure that any of us on our team are convinced that taking a pill is going to be the rest, best way to manifest plant medicine. But we're also very, very concerned about honoring the uh, traditional healing and the traditional healing model. So we do have ceremonial leadership in Canada. Uh, we have a Canadian who's, uh, Andrew, uh, you can jump in here, but he, he has spent decades of his life sitting ceremony in Central and South America. Um, any place that we go, the plant medicine is, uh, and the ceremonial aspects of that, our view is gonna be led by people who are trained in the traditional methods. Um, and so, that's going to be one of the things that facilitates our growth is our ability to identify people that are trained and connecting it back to the traditional, uh, to the traditional healing, healing paths. And, 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 and I think what, what, what that speaks to is a respect for the plant on a higher level of respect for the jungle. Um, and what I worry about is big pharma coming and does it have a, does it actually threaten you know, the livelihood and the traditions of people that have been healing in this space for um, hundreds and thousands of years? Do, do they all of a sudden need so much of those plants to produce so much of those pills? In, the, in our context, it's, it's, it's used in a much more selected basis and it honors the way that it's always been used. And so, so I think on the one hand, we've got a path to grow on the other hand, we've got uh, a commitment to sort of replenish uh, the environment that we are benefiting from. And, and, and another mechanism that you, you know we can perhaps talk about a different time is that we have established something right from the beginning in our organization and we're, we're calling it reciprocity as opposed to charity or a foundation. Mm -hmm. um, but we're actually gonna immediately start to give back to indigenous communities in uh, here in Canada, in Central and South America. Um, and we're gonna do that by partnering with organizations that have the mechanics behind getting funding back to where the tradition, where the traditions uh, are coming from. So it's important to us if we're honoring that tradition that we need to give back to that tradition. And I think that will, that will in a sense, assist with the replenishment of the jungle, if you wanna talk about it in, at, that, at that level. And again, I hope is in contrast to what I fear could emerge from kind of the big pharma exercise. Yeah, no, and I, and I think, you know, honoring these indigenous communities and traditions that, you know, are for many, many reasons, you know, the reason why we are here, you know, why this industry even exists, I think not losing sight of that is so, so important. And I love the fact that, you know, you guys are making a commitment and taking a stand on that now. Um, I think that's so important. And I certainly commend you both for that. And uh, final question before, you know, I let both of you go here. Um, and I'll start with you, Andrew, you know, what, what inspires you the most and motivates you the most about being a part of what you're part of here with Dimensions Health Centers? That's a great question. I think I touched on it earlier, just, just from my own experience and the transformation that I've had and, and 
being involved with you know other people seeking the same sort of thing and watching their transformation healing take place you know it's inspiring and and you know i've spent as i said earlier you know being in recovery from addiction the first 10 years really trying to find that through typical means you know 12-step programs talk therapy you know no matter thousands of hours i was in talk therapy really not getting anywhere you know i could always understand it from a intellectual place yes the, you know uh, that happened and I guess, you know, but I could never feel it in the heart. You know, I never felt it where it counted. And, and through the plant medicine, I find when I healed, I could feel it in the heart. Like there, there was a, such a difference for me. And, and so the idea of, of being able to share that with others or, or make it possible for others to do that, that didn't have to get on a five hour flight and then take a boat and then hug, go through the jungle to be able to experience it. You know, that's where like bringing it to the people to some degree is, is really what motivates me and having people experience what I've experienced on a personal level. Yeah. And Chris, how about yourself? Yeah, I, you know, I'll build a little bit on what Andrew said. Um, Andrew and I used to practice in a world where we were dealing with people who were thought to be sick. Uh, what I find most inspirational about what we're doing is that we're we're now in the wellness business um, in the same way that functional food is, you know, considered uh, kind of um, part of health and wellness. These plants, I think, play that same kind of role. Um, we're not here because people are mentally ill. We're not here because people are suffering from addiction issues. We think that this is a consciousness expanding experience for anybody that would want to experience it. Um, and, and, you know, ways to uh, expand consciousness and kind of aspire or ascend to a full potential, no matter what your starting point is. Um, people who would certainly not be diagnosable, we believe would be very, very uh, good candidates to come and spend uh, time with dimensions. Um, and then there may be people who have demonstrated themselves to be treatment resistant, where, where there may be some help that we can provide. So I, I kind of like the idea that we're, we're there to boost people's spirit, to raise their consciousness, to ascend to full potential. And along the way, they're getting well, as opposed to you're sick and we're here to fix that. Um, and, and I just, I, I guess what inspires me as much as anything else is that shift in orientation to what we're doing. And I think, I think, the, the one common element between our old lives and our new lives is that you do it in a group, you do it in a community and a, an essential part to what we're doing and, and some of the experience that both Andrew and I bring to it is being able to bring that community sense to it. Um, you know, if we were to really dive into the right brain side, we could have conversations about how we're all one and the plant allows you to see that. Um, I think there's aspects of that that are inspirational as well, but I think at its root, it's, it's that this is something that can help everybody. This is this could be part of, you know, there, there's a wellness aspect of this that should should or could appeal to anybody. Yeah, we're, we're combining really a hospitality, regenerative travel with health and well-being, right? And I think it's important because I've been talking about my own personal and trauma and stuff. You know, to come to dimensions, you don't have to have had experiences like I had as a child. You know, you can be a fairly well, you know, well mentally well strong and just want to to see what else is out there as chris mentioned expand consciousness get connected to yourself get connected to nature um, 
for the, for the betterment of yourself, you know, to, to put into one word, self-betterment. Yeah. And I Depending mean, I'm finding more, point is, you know. yeah. And I'm finding more and more people out there, you know, um, are, are having that urge and that desire to want to do just that. You know, I think a lot of it, of course, you know, has to do with what we've been through over the last year, almost year and a half now, but also aside from that, you know, it's the fact that I think, Technology, we've been so connected to technology for so many years, for most of us, you know, uh, most of our lives. And I think now there is this, you know, this awakening, so to speak, and wanting to reconnect with nature, reconnect with the environment and, you know, your consciousness. And I think this is a great way to do it. So I think it's fantastic that, you know, this is something that is not just solely for, you know, individuals suffering from addiction, but, you know, people wanting to expand their their own well-being. So I, I love it. I love the approach. I love the commitment. Um, I, I really, really am excited um, to continue following um, the story here with you guys as you guys continue to ramp things up for the launch this fall. Um, Chris Dawson, uh, Andrew Galloway, I thank you both so much. Uh, we will get the website information for Dimensions Health Center uh, added here onto uh, this podcast. So, and I want to encourage anybody out there to uh, visit them and continue to following them as they get ready for their launch this fall. Uh, gentlemen, once again, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thank Thanks, David. Our pleasure. Global Track Solutions, Inc. and Psychedelic Spotlight does not in any way encourage or condone the use, purchase, sale, or transfer of any illegal substances, nor do we encourage or condone partaking in any unlawful activities. We support a harm reduction approach for the purpose of education and promoting individual and public safety. If you are choosing to use psychedelic substances, please do so responsibly. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast are those of their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Psychedelic Spotlight and Global Track Solutions, Inc.